Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. everybody welcome back to another edition of the teardown my name is jeff buck i'm a what, what am i i don't know i'm a motorsports writer <laughs> you're a motorsports reporter at the athletic jeff is that what i am i don't know yes. i'm your uh, colleague jordan bianchi that's you you're jordan bianchi uh boy multiple people at the tweet up today by the way say they lean in they go eh, you know what jeff we love listening to the podcast but we got to say we're on your side. Uh, yeah, you know, we're, we're, we're Team Jeff on this. We, we don't really agree with a lot of jo- what Jordan says. And sure. I say, well, that, that makes two of us. So that's that's great. Sure. It's funny because, you know, when people see me and you're not around, they say the same thing to me. So it's yeah. how that works. Well, uh, actually, right now. We had that same thing happen at, at North Wilkesboro where one guy literally told us two different things. The, the same thing. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right. Exactly. So, and the other and he and the second part was right in front of you. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm here at Sonoma. Um Shaq may have just wrapped up his set. He's he's gone quiet for a minute here. Uh, I, I think that there was the traffic was so big uh, this morning that he was not able to make it in time for his pre-race concert, DJ Diesel. So he is the post-race concert, but um, he got to meet up with Martin Truex Jr. before Martin came to the media center. Uh, you know, just the classic pairing. You just think of Shaq and Martin Truex Jr. hanging out. Two great personalities there. Uh, that just a lot in common. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Um, but certainly made for an interesting post-race scene here. But uh, maybe a little bit more interesting in, than the race in some ways, Jordan. But uh, you know, we we came in with some high hopes. Uh, you know, you? hey, Sonoma, second road course race of the year, second time, uh, no stage breaks. They're doing the stages, but no stage breaks. Maybe something will happen. Maybe this will mix it up and make Sonoma a little bit better than it has been. You know, they they went to the carousel to try to spice it up. Then they went back away from the carousel to try to spice it up. Now you have the the no stage cautions, and um, it, it was still the uh, the Sonoma of recent, I would say. Well, here's a question for you. Like, when is the last time you had a great Sonoma race beginning to end? Because to me, today... This race, I mean, it wasn't. This race is not the most memorable, and no one's going to remember this a year from now. But I, it's not like this was really that much different than what we've seen in years past. We had one driver lead a lot of the laps. We had one driver lead the last handful of laps. There wasn't the last time there was a truly great finish here was 2016, and I went back and looked. And like this is kind of probably the Sonoma was, and I will say the stage breaks actually worked today because without the stage breaks, yeah, you'd had some restarts, and who knows what happens on those, but. You don't typically get the restart craziness that you see at other road courses like you do here. And I think the strategy kind of mixed it up a little bit, at least enough where you didn't know what was going to happen. Like Martrix Jr. had to work for it at the end. Yeah, right. He had to restart 10th or whatever and come back up through the field. Um, you know, It was interesting. So I'm watching the race, and of course, I've been very, very, very pro getting rid of the stage breaks. <laughs> 
And I was like, oh, no, there goes that argument between the Xfinity race and this race. And then we go to talk to Joey Logano after the race. And he goes, I don't know why they got rid of the uh, why they got rid of the stage breaks here. (laughs) Um, His point was, yes, get rid of the stage breaks at Indianapolis, Coda, Chicago street course. Those are places that are too chaotic on the restarts. But Sonoma and Watkins Glen he was like, ah, I don't really know if you need to get rid of the stage breaks there. I'm still pro getting rid of the stage breaks. I like the race playing it out, playing out how it is. It's just that these cars uh, and these drivers are really good. And that's what we talked a lot about. That was a big talking point after the race. Why are we not seeing the, uh, do you need to button your shirt there, Jordan? You're, you're practically yeah, bare chested on the screen. Oh, okay. I, I, it was, it was a little that's bit distracting. Better. Anyway, um, so yeah, so basically like, look, all right, the next gen car is obviously a sports car, you know, it's built that it's built to look, I mean, a a modified sports car, a modified next gen car just completed the 24 hours of Le Mans, um, and, and did quite well and was fast. So this is a, this is a sports car platform. We know that. And, you know, a lot of the drivers said, look, yeah, you can still make mistakes in this car, but the wheel hopping is gone and the wheel hopping, they didn't like it. It was outdated, but it was what led to a lot of the craziness. It was what led Mm -hmm. to the spins by people by, by themselves, um, you know, running off the course at times, just for me having, this is my first Sonoma race, uh, in four years. Um, but one thing that I very distinctly remember about many Sonoma races is seeing drivers go off and seeing the cloud of dust come up, uh, on all parts of the track, you, you really just did not see that as much today. They, they really don't spin out by themselves. Uh, it wasn't like you had a bunch of spins all over the place. So you had a few, um, but you know, they, they don't make as many mistakes. And the drivers were also saying because of the amount of road courses these days and the amount of simulation that goes into it, Hey, the whole field's better. So when you have a car that is designed for road racing, plus a field that has gotten a lot better, you're not going to have as many cautions and you didn't today. There was one for the tire that was on pit road, a walled pit road, by the way, which again, I don't think anybody was complaining about it at the time because who knows how long it could have gone, uh, without a caution. Uh, it, it was already 50 laps into the race at that point, but they could have seen if a car was coming down pit road, it's a long pit road entry. They could have just waited and maybe gone out and got the tire. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I was fine with it. Cause I, I think everybody wanted a caution at that point, but that wasn't a sort of a necessary caution in some ways. Obviously the Denny Hamlin one late, uh, that was a, a caution that they needed to throw. But yeah, other than that, it wasn't like, this was like, Oh my gosh, what a crazy race. It was just, uh, you know, it, it, it had a F one type feel for a while there. Oh, the first stage, uh, especially because it was all about strategy and track position. There was not, it, it was kind of laying out that way, but it's funny. You say, we talk about the car and I agree everything about the car is right. I mean, this car is much more adaptable to road courses. Drivers are much better on road courses than before. And that there is no wheel hop now is a huge thing. And we knew that when they were testing this. Drivers were talking about how this car was so much better braking. And you didn't have the issues you did. It was like, okay, you're probably going to. And they were talking about that. Like, you're probably not going to see as many incidents. But it doesn't mean we don't see a lot of cautions. We saw this at Coda. You know, we, we, we saw it at different parts of Coda. You, you see it in Indianapolis. If this just happened to be here today on this road course. You didn't get a lot of cautions. And so, yeah, it's maybe not the craziness we wanted to, but 
you go back not too long ago and we were bemoaning how Coda was too crazy. So you got it. You Absolutely. Know, you it know, so I'm sure there, there's a happy medium, you know, of, of course. Um, so it, it just, I don't know, I try not to take away too too much from it and say this is this is kind of what Sonoma is. And Watkins Glen is a little bit like that, though. At times Watkins Glen can be pretty chaotic. Um especially there's going been some the pretty S- good Watkins Glen races. There's recently. been some really great right, Watkins Glen races. Um and there's more passing zones there. There's more opportunities to pass. And this is not that way. This is this is there really is only two passing zones here. And if you mess up one, you you don't really put yourself in a good position for the second one. Yeah, I mean, look, this is, uh, I love this track. This is one of my favorite tracks. So, of course, I want there to be uh, very compelling racing because I want a reason to be able to come back year after year after year. And now I, I tried to get you to come this year. Um, I'm going next year. We're putting that on the record now. Okay. I'm go- I, had, I had a conflict this weekend. I couldn't do it. But next year, Sonoma, I'm coming. So you know, Okay, so I'm out next one. year already. But, You're uh, out next year. I hope that you get to experience this place because it's a it's a beautiful setting, um, great vibes. Everybody's in a good mood, um, yeah. you know, because it's a great area to to come, you know, just explore and and things like that. So, uh, and and I love the terrain of the road course. I mean, it's it's beautiful going up through the hills and the elevation changes and all that stuff. And um, the, and I have been here for some amazing races. I mean, the 2016 race was freaking awesome. Um, so you know, it's like. I don't know. I, I, I feel like there's more in this course than, than we've seen, but, um, Hey, you've got a bunch of great drivers now and, and on a course where there's plenty of runoff, you're not going to hit a wall like at Chicago coming up. Cool. If you make a mistake, <laughs> the whole field's going to know about it. And yeah, you're going to, yeah. you're going to spin and wreck and the whole field probably going to pile into you and it's going to be crazy. I, I guarantee you, you will not be talking about the lack of cautions in that race. I promise you right now. Right. Well, and that's going to be back to the, you know, the, the too much, the coda type thing, right. With the three, three starts at the end or whatever, just getting, getting insane. But yeah, here, I mean, look, it, they raced it out. Uh, the fastest car won. I mean, Martin Truex Jr.'s won three of the last five, um, Sonoma races. Now he's second on the all time, the tracks, all time list Four Sonoma wins. Only Jeff Gordon has more. He has five. So look, I mean, a, a guy came here is pretty good. He they were off last year. All the Toyotas sucked at road courses last year. Um, Kyle Busch said afterwards, jokingly, um, all they had to do is get rid of Kyle, and they turned their performance around. Um, <laughs> but you know, and Truex said afterwards, like, look, I mean, we we outsmarted. Our, we knew we were off last year because they felt like they were at a manufacturer deficit. Chevy had clear advantage when the next gen came out. And the Toyotas were, they were trying to outsmart themselves to try to figure out, Oh, what can we do? How can we? And it just, it just wasn't working. Well, they come back here. Denny Hamlin wins the pole for the first part of the race. Toyotas are running one, two, three, four, five. Um, and Truex ends up dominating the race. So, um, and when you go back to the other Coda race or the other road race at Coda, uh, Tyler Reddick, another Toyota won that one. So all of a sudden I think, you know, you go into Chicago now, which is a very different type of circuit, but. I think all of a sudden it's like, oh, we were for a while. It was like Hendrick, 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 um, and maybe a little bit of, oh, no. you know, uh, RCR sprinkled in with Reddick. Um, but I think Toyotas are probably going to be the ones to beat. Yeah, and I think an important thing there too is the addition of Tyler Reddick because he was so good on road courses and he knew what was working for him at RCR and Chevrolet. And you can bring this over here. And Denny Hamlin's pole run on Saturday was with Tyler Reddick's setup. You know, and that tells you right there, like 
he's the guy who knows what we're doing. And Denny Hamlin said this after Coda, like even going into Coda, like this is a guy we were studying. He went to the sim with, he was, you know, mirroring what he was doing and coming out of Coda, they're like, we got to do that more. And they did. And so when you get a guy who's good on the road courses, it helps you even further kind of figure out what you need to do and how you can be better. And then obviously the car improvements are different because and Martin said it afterwards. He goes, I, I don't think I'm a second worse than you know other other driver out there. I think I'm pretty darn good on a track like this. And he's right. I mean, he's the second most successful driver ever at Sonoma on the NASCAR side. And you've got to give him an equipment though to go out there and do it. And they didn't have it last year. They just did. They didn't figure it out until the end of the year when Christopher Bell won at the Roll. Yeah, I mean, look, you you start to look at somebody's age. You start to say, well, maybe it's not that you know he doesn't have a long track record of success with the crew chief he's with. Um, but as he noted, look, I, I was confident the whole time. That's why there was no changes on my team. I thought that was a really interesting point that he made. Like we, we knew that we could get our stuff better. Um, and, and they're doing it. I mean, he's now after a winless season, uh, he has two wins here, um, in the, in the first half still. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's look, um, the guy's good. And when he gets, when he gets a car that is pretty much anywhere in the ballpark of a winning car he's going to crush you with it. I mean, yeah. Martin Truex Jr., the win, the way he wins races, um, I mean, it's like, oh, gosh. Yeah, they're like, it, it, it felt sort of, um, I mean, we've talked about this with other races, but, you know, like even on the late restarts and stuff, and, and even when Kyle Busch was sort of chasing him down, it never really felt like he was going to be able to, to go get he I mean, it was car. just like Larson on the restart at Gateway. You're just like, ah, no, he's, he's probably not going to get there. Um, and, and this time it was sort of reversed with Kyle Busch. And I just didn't, I, it was like, well, Martin has the fastest car. Yeah. McDowell's having a great run. Yeah. Kyle Busch having a great run, but are they really going to go beat Truex the way the day he's having, it's going to take something wacky. So yeah, I mean, Hey, but that's yeah. what I, I'd rather, again, I'd rather take that any day than having some artificial weird thing happen. Um, it's racing, you know, it, this is the kind of thing that happens. So this is, this is what happens in racing. And when Martin Truex Jr. And his crew chief, James Small wake up on race day and they feel like we've got the car to win today and we're going to blow everybody's doors off. And I'm leaving the swear words out of this. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, that should be scary because like they hit it, they hit it hard. I mean, like you look at his wins for the years, he's not somebody who kind of like backs into wins or kind of comes on late in races. Like exactly. a lot of his wins are like, are butt kickings like they are good from the drop and you know they are good and they they are very good at closing out like they and that was the thing last year is like they, they struggled to close the races they had a lot of races you know they left they could have won or should have won and they didn't and that was kind of why they had the year they had which wasn't a bad year it just was a fluky year overall which kind of bit them in the butt come the playoffs um this is still a really good team and now they're they're in the points lead and how toyota is and where they're at. And we've talked a lot about this on this podcast about how, you know, Hendrick was so strong this year and gradually um, uh, Toyota has come on, not just Joe, Joe Gibbs racing, but 2311 as well. And it, it's there. Like, and I would honestly, I'd almost put them on even ground at this point because today largely Hendrick was a no show. I mean, Chase Elliott had a good run, but a lot of it was track position. Kyle Larson was, oh, was good, but he wasn't great. Um, he he kind of got boxed out there at the end by track position, uh, qualified bad. Um, you know, Byron and, and Bowman were okay. Like, well, Byron, like, Byron qualified terrible. And yeah, um, he said he couldn't even, 
his rear wheels were shaking during qualifying and stuff yesterday. So he qualified 26th and he was trying to overcome track position all day. It's still a track position race. It, it doesn't, yeah. the clean air is not as big of a thing or the dirty air uh, as it was last year, but it's still important. And, and when you start in the back at a road course, especially when it runs caution free for a long stretch, you're not going to get those chances to suddenly make up a ton of ground and overcome things and flip the strategy and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, but yeah, to your point, I mean, you know, you're, you're coming out of here today going, wow, again, the, the Gibbs cars more than the Hendrick cars. Um, yeah. and that, that's definitely a change from a couple years ago for sure. Um, when it seemed like Hendrick especially. could do, yeah, right, right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But it, and it's a change from, the dynamic of it felt like not too long ago, I think we had this conversation. It was like William Byron and Kyle Larson felt like they were the guys. And mm-hmm. that that window has certainly opened up more now where I, I think you have to absolutely include him when, and, and Truex in that category. And it's no longer a Chevy-dominated season. It's much more open. And even Blaney's we went a couple weeks ago at Ford, you know, from Ford, indicates that they're, they can still be competitive as well. So – it's much more open than I thought it would be than I, than it was a few weeks ago. Or feel, it felt like a week ago, coming out of the All Star race where Larson just smoked everybody. It was like, all right, this it felt like Kyle Larson was going to heat up, and you're kind of you know th- th- there were shades of 2021 again, and that still may be the case, but right now, um, it, it, right now it's it's definitely leaning in a different direction. Well, and and also, yes, it it, it doesn't seem. It's, it's open in terms of like the championship favorites, but it's not open in terms of like who is going to be like winning each race because we, it's still coming from that same group. Right. So yeah, you're not sure. getting the upset winners at this, at this point, right? Like Suarez won this race a year ago. Um, you know, Chastain had won his first race last year on a road course. You had Eric Jones. Yeah. Uh, Almondinger. We, we thought, okay, that's, that's going to be a guy. And Almondinger was, wasn't really, he was top, a top 10 car today, but he wasn't an opportunity for him today. I think, um, you know, McDowell, like that, that is the guy today where you said, okay, they've really brought something. They've taken a step forward. They are in this. They are truly competitive They're They didn't just get up there from track position. They, they have a really fast car. And unfortunately on that final pit stop, you know, the right front, uh, there, there's a problem on it. And they come out 13th or whatever, and and that was it. He gets back up to seventh, but he was not happy afterwards. I mean, he was just like, "Dang, this was, you know, yes, we could potentially still point our way in, and and it's it's definitely narrowed." And and I mm-hmm. think there's an argument to be made for Michael McDowell being able to point his way in with the the road courses that are remaining. Um, you know, you you could look at that and go, okay, like because now he is what he is. Let's see, he's only 14. Uh, something. I think fourteen points out of a playoff spot. Um, so McDowell could absolutely. He doesn't necessarily need to win, but he was coming. He was like, "Look, we we needed. We wanted to win. We what's that? Yeah, fourteen points. Yeah, fourteen points. And you know the thing is, he was really good today. But I don't even even at the times he was good, he still felt a little bit below the nineteen, where the nineteen was still in the class. And I would even say Bush was right there too. It wasn't like there was moments where the 34 was was hanging with the 19 and it was getting ready to pass him or had passed him even. And so, yeah, I mean, if you're, you're Michael McDowell, you, you feel like you let one get away, but leaving here with the top 10 is still good. But it just shows you for teams of that caliber, or you know, you've got to be perfect. You have to have everything go right. 
and anything that goes wrong is going to put you at a disadvantage that's going to be really hard to overcome where you've got a little bit more of a window to overcome mistakes when you're with a bigger team who can contend on a regular basis and running up front on a regular. Yeah. Well, we, at least, you know, at this point in the season, you've got two really compelling sort of points battle situations, mm-hmm. right? Because the battle for the lead, uh, the battle for the, the regular season championship, which again, is 15 playoff points, three wins is really interesting. Now um, you have seven drivers within 32 points, mm-hmm. Truex, Byron, Blaney, Chastain, Harvick, Kyle Busch, Bell, all within 32 points of the lead that can, I mean, we've seen, you know, just a few weeks ago, Chastain was <laughs> leading by almost 30, I think. And and yeah. now, you know, he immediately slid from first to fifth last week. Um, and and Blaney went from leading to down 24 today. So, Oh yeah, there go. you go. Yeah. He was leading. He was the points leader coming in and had a terrible day. So it, it, it can evaporate just like that. Um, but you know, even if you're Christopher Bell, I think you still think, Oh, I can, I could get yeah. up there and do this for sure. Um, now the other part of it is the battle for 16th is, is getting really compelling. Um, Bowman moved back into 16th today, uh, ahead of Suarez, but Suarez is only three points out. Ty Gibbs is only 11 points out McDowell, 14 points out. Um, and then you have Almondinger a little further back, but I mean, that's you, you're, we keep assuming, well, somebody is going to do some sort of surprise win, right? Atlanta, or at some point there's going to be some upset yeah. that we, you know, from, but, but if there's not, and that 16th spot in particular is really in play and the line hasn't moved down, um, that's going to be quite a battle throughout the, the course of the it is. season. So. It is, but we're, co- we're starting now. We're going to enter this stretch where you've got Atlanta, you've got Indy, you've got Watkins. But you're going to start hitting these races now, Daytona in there as well, where you don't get one or two surprise winners along the way here. Um, I would be We shocked. think. We think. But, I mean, history tells us that, though. That's going to happen. And here we are through 16, and there's been one surprise winner. It was Stenhouse. But the thing is, he's actually turned out to have an incredible regular season so far. Um, Through these first 16 races, he's sitting 14th in points. So, um, you know, and they had another – they had a pretty strong run today. They finished 12th. So, but I will say this, though, too. Let's mm -hmm. let's also take into account that while it's 16 now, you have to remember that there's still Chase Elliott out there. And – I don't I think, think he's both... going to point his way back into you. No, but he's going to win. And when he wins, he moves that line down. And so all oh, of a sudden, I see what you're saying. Well, you know I, is he going to win? Well, that's a good question. He's got that's, 10 races to do it. That's a, that's a, that's a, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, he, today was the first time he was kind of in contention or kind of in the mix throughout. Mm-hmm. And he still wasn't as good as the 19 or the eight. Um, I still think he gets the benefit of the doubt, just his pedigree and the track record. And, you know, with Hendrick, um, but, each race that goes by without a win is one less opportunity. And that just kind of goes back to the conversation we've had where you miss seven races for various things, six of which were preventable, by the way. Um, you know, you, you your margin of error starts shrinking and you, you don't have that same opportunity. And if you don't have a great car, you, you, there's only so much you can do to make up for that. Well, Chase said he is he likes the challenge. He likes the uh, the idea of coming to the track and knowing like, hey, I have to get it done. Uh, he also, you know, we we left off uh, last week's podcast saying, "How is he going to be? What's he going to be like?" You know, um, we were we were sort of like tossing around. Well, how, you know, when he comes back, what will his attitude be like um, in having to talk to the media? Will he even talk? Um, he did. Well, I knew you know? he was going to talk. Yeah. Well, he he ended up talking for you know 13 minutes and answered all the questions, and um, so 
Anything that yeah. surprised you what he said? I mean, I heard snippets. I've read some stories on what he said, but uh, anything that jumped out to you, it seemed kind of boilerplate, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, like, he he just feels like he can't get into a rhythm, right? I, I mean, that. he feels yeah. like he's he said he feels like he's missed, like, you know, half the season. Um, yeah, and he almost has. Almost has. So he, I think, of all the drivers with this off week coming up, he, I don't really think he wants an off week, right? No, he doesn't like, need it. I mean, yeah, he's he's anxious to, you know, get into a rhythm and keep things going and things like that and try to build on something rather than like, oh, yeah, I can't wait for a break. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's I don't know. No, yeah, nothing was too too surprising necessarily. Um, you know, he didn't he didn't shed any light on. You know, Denny Hamlin had said at Gateway, well, we did have a conversation, but I'll let you guys ask Chase about what was said. And then Chase said, you know, I don't really feel the need to put that out there. Um, you know, there was no like, hey, sorry. Um, you know, I, I think he I asked him if he was surprised when he got the call from NASCAR. He said nothing surprises me anymore kind of thing. So um, but, you know, he, he talked a decent amount about it. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. So, uh, yeah, I guess the question is, is he going to win? And, and the problem is you, you you're starting to run out of races where that you control. Right. So, I mean, you know, he did win Atlanta. But if you put Atlanta into there, you put Daytona, okay, all of a sudden that's eight races because you those aren't necessarily ones you can just go out like a, a Michigan or a Pocono and say, hey, we have the best car. And now I think there's also an argument to be had about the road courses, right? Like you go from, hey, Hendrick is bringing the best stuff, the best stuff in the road course all the time. Chase Elliott's like elite road course racer, um, you know, all the stuff. And and now we're, we've been saying, well, hey, wait a minute, Toyota um, – uh, they might be better. So that's uh, Indy Road Course, Chicago Street Course, Watkins Glen. Now he's, you know, again, he can absolutely win those. He's going to be in the mix. Or he right, should be right. in the mix. But you don't know. And we've seen enough of those races. And I think I think Chicago is going to be a complete wild card unto right. itself. But we saw it Indy last year, man. Like you, it you can be running second or third on that. Re- you get a restart late, and somebody decides to be aggressive. You're you you got no you got no chance. And you did nothing wrong. Like you just, you, you have no control over anything, even the leader in, in some instances. Yeah. Sorry. I think they're like tearing down uh, tables oh, next to me uh, here. If, if you, you guys hear hey anything guys. on the podcast. Right, I'm yeah. watching a baseball game, so it's okay. Oh, oh, well, see, this is where we have Jordan really concentrating here. His, his loyalty is to Oregon, even though he's never lived in Oregon. I don't even know if you've been to Oregon. <laughs> have you been to Oregon? I've been to Oregon. Oh, okay. All right. He's so. been there. But he didn't go to school there, but he loves Oregon Ducks. Oregon Ducks, man. It's my one love in life. <laughs> that's it? Uh, yeah, kind of. <laughs> I thought breaking news was your love in life. Uh, that's true. I'm like outside of work. Oh, okay. Outside of work. We found something. Well, you like dogs. Dogs, yeah. That's okay, true. so dogs, dogs and the Oregon Ducks. <laughs> Oregon that is the list. <laughs> okay. That is the list, folks. If you want to get to Jordan yeah. Bianchi's heart, buy him a dog with an Oregon Ducks shirt on it. Yeah, is I actually right? have one, actually, yeah. Oh, okay, well too bad <laughs> anyway um yeah i mean uh, you know other talking points from this weekend um you know people we, we got to see the the 14th part on display uh that was that was fascinating to me uh, yeah. and, what'd you and, think 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. I thought it was very interesting. You know, I, I thought, okay, are we going to be looking at something where, you know, because they said it was a counterfeit part, right? So yeah. is it going to have writing on it? Is it going to have a serial number on it? Like, but, you know, wh- what it was is just a 3D printed copy of a part, unfortunately. And and this is quite clever, I think. NASCAR, they didn't even, they, they found <laughs> it first by not even using the template at first. They found it by they built in defects into these parts that they make and they know where the defects are and they know what to look for. They didn't say what they are, but so smart. So um, smart. So I guess, you know, the team now, obviously also the markings on the outside were different, like the pattern, but, um, yeah. So, you know, they, they, they spotted it immediately, I guess. And then they put the template on and said, Oh yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't fit. So, you know, this, this is why Stuart Haas, I think, didn't appeal and why Chase Briscoe <laughs> said at Gateway, hey, could have been worse. They could have completely stripped us of our entire playoff <laughs> eligibility. Um, this is also not a part that, in my, from my understanding, that you would put on a show car. Invite him on the show. Jeez. Wow. Um, Anyway, uh, it's it's not a part you would put on a, a show car because it's not even a part that you would see, uh, I, I don't believe. So um, I'm not sure why you would create this part. If So did your opinion yeah. change after seeing this part? Did your opinion change on anything in terms of like intent or how maybe the process of how this could have happened? Uh, no, I, I just thought, wow, that's, that's a really – I mean, here's the thing that I, I think is fascinating about it. Uh, and it goes back to the part that we also got to see from the three car at Kansas where they had taken the splitter lock thing and welded it all together so that you could reach up under the wheel well. And instead of it being in three pieces, you the person could just twist it and it would uh, raise or lower the, the splitter height without NASCAR detecting it. Um, of course, they did detect it. But when I see like the 3D printed part and I see um, that thing with, with the three car, I think it actually makes me think, wow, these teams are so, so freaking smart. Number one, uh, to try to come up with this stuff. Uh, we thought the next gen car was really going to completely eliminate any of this type of funny business. And, and, um, you know, clearly it's still going on. The, the second thing I think though, is wow. Again, like if the 14 car and you know, this week, the 43 car, Eric Jones, uh, they got a penalty for a greenhouse violation. If, if those teams are, who are not running well are, are doing stuff like this. What are the top teams doing? I mean, what must, and, and you know, Kyle Bush said, uh, this weekend, like I, he said, I, I bet if you took 15 cars back to the R and D center, you'd find something wrong with 14 of them. So, what? you know, NASCAR's trying to change the garage culture, but, uh, they've, it's going to be tough. And Brad well, Keselowski it, said that they are, that it's working, but I, I don't have seen the evidence yet, I guess. I mean, it, maybe it is, but here's my question now, and I'm curious: Is does NASCAR need to be even more? NASCAR is doing a really good job, and the fact that they kind of have this 
backdoor secret way of identifying fake parts is really clever. Like that's a very parent move to make. Um, you almost want to wonder if they maybe should start bringing more cars to the R and D center. Now that is a, an increased workload and there's a lot of logistics involved and I get all of that, but it goes back to the conversation we had a week ago where is was the 14 car, the only car at SHR doing this. Eh, I would say probably not now. Um, so Maybe you start bringing back more cars. Maybe you start, you know, inspecting these guys. Maybe you start bringing back the, the first, second, third place car back there. Now, I don't necessarily want to go back to an era of stripping wins, and I don't want it to be on a Tuesday or Wednesday of saying, oh, you know, that win, we're going to take that away, or they can't use that for playoff eligibility. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a slippery slope, and I'm not sure how I feel about that, or I don't know how you can legislate that. But if you really want to initiate change, like you kind of start – you're going to have to start doing it in a manner where you're going after the cars that are running up front on a regular basis and that are doing this week in and week out. And that's the only way to me that you're really going to start cracking down on this to, to the levels that you probably need to. Look, it's a tough situation, right? Because to your point, if they did a more thorough inspection of the winner, say like at Richmond, because mm-hmm. like at Richmond, they took the, the, the 200 cars <laughs> finished first and second, they take, yeah. and they get torn down at the track, which is not as intensive. Yeah. And what happened? the other, the other two go back <laughs> penalty. Right. And so you yeah. think, well, did the winning car have this? And they didn't find it. Okay. But the, the alternative is then we go back to, like you said, the unencumbered wins. Oh, they took it mm-hmm. back on Wednesday and we just found out the winning car that we thought was the winning car had all the stuff now. And, and I don't think you can, I don't even think you could take that car back. That. I don't want to go there. I don't, I don't think you again. can at all, Jordan, because the problem you is either. you, even if you take it back, you say, look, you're going to keep the win and we'll just give you, we'll crush you with some playoff. Penalty. Play, play, uh, yeah. That is basically an encumbered win. And you're saying, well, wait a minute. Now you had an illegal car you won with, and you're saying you're going to strip wins from legal cars. How come you're letting them keep it? it it's fair. And I, I don't you know, know how you do it. Yeah, I, I that's the problem. I, so I think what you could do is say, all right, we're going to take more of, and I, I get that they're trying to take, you know, every car once, mm-hmm. at least, you know, I think during the regular season, you know, to make it, it random. And, and they are obviously surprising these teams. I mean, Eric Jones said that they were definitely surprised that they took took that car, <laughs> right? Um, but you know, maybe maybe each week you take one of one sort of team that finished twentieth or worse. And one team that finished, um, you know, in the top five, uh, that's, that's not the, the winner or second place. So then you're like, okay, this team was really good this week. Um, let's see what they've got going on. And you take some of the other random one, you know, okay, we've, we'll check this off our list and see what they're doing too, to just keep teams on their toes. But, um, you know, the bottom line is too, you, you, they just don't have the resources to tear that many more cars. Down. I mean, they're, they're completely leaving these cars in pieces sure. um and you know to ask them to do even three a week instead of two or, or let alone five no, or whatever the workload it's, is gonna suck it absolutely sucks but i don't know i don't think they have the, the staffing to do it i mean you're gonna have they to hire, hire more people just to tear down cars although they are making so much money off fines that you could probably pay a lot of salaries <laughs> yeah, it's like over our uh, colleague nbc's dozen longs that was over a million dollars this year yes he wrote in his friday five on on nbc sports that you know he added up all the fines and it was already over a million yeah so i'm sure um, that number's only going to go up that's probably gonna but that's be... going to the nascar foundation though that's that's yeah, for a good you don't want to take, for... take away from the charities so i don't, I don't know I, it's just yeah. uh you, you want to 
to see this happen more. You don't want to the. I don't know. I, I get. I, I admire NASCAR for what they're doing and howling their the, the aggressiveness and how they're pursuing this. But you're starting to see things, and it's like you can. I I can still see an avenue where a team could maybe get away with things, and it's worth it almost to say like, hey, we're gonna do something to the car, and if we win the race, great, because they're not gonna take us back to the R and D center, and we're not, you know. And if we get if we don't win the race, we get busted. Well. We still gonna have to win a race anyway, so you know we're not really. Yeah, it's gonna suck. We're gonna pay points, and you know we're gonna lose fine, you know, money and everything like that. But it's a lot of money, know. though. But uh, I mean. it's it's a lot of money, but it's not like I mean they're be, they're gonna be okay. I mean, do you think though that this is so? I'm I'm very pro the transparency that NASCAR I love it. has put forth. I think it's great. Do you think that that it's helping to change? So like okay, before if there was a penalty and we heard about some illegal part. And they said, we're penalizing this team and we didn't see it. Right. Like this has not been the era of putting the parts on the tables or whatever. Right. And we're like, there's all the stuff like with the fans, media, garage, whatever. Like, I don't know. Was it really, did they really get this? You know, were they, were they taking revenge on this team for, you know, whatever some driver said this. And, and there was so much murkiness around it that I felt like it was a very negative storyline like this isn't good for nascar to be talking about this kind of stuff i almost feel like by showing the parts and being so transparent about it and saying look this is what they did this it 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 not only highlights the ingenuity of the teams which is again i i think actually pretty interesting i I, I think it's a credit to them i think it's a great like it's like wow that was really smart they thought to do that now but again it's also good that you know that nascar is catching this stuff and it shows that nascar is like actually we often we often criticize NASCAR for like the perception like they're always one step behind. Mm-hmm. In this instance, they were actually one step ahead of the fourteen team, and like, no, we have we can look at that part and know right away that that's a credit to them. So I think that's a good thing as well. So yeah, so maybe it's it's actually a, a decent little storyline that this game of cat and mouse sure. um, to just sort of say, hey, look, I mean, look, you in other sports you try to get away with stuff, you might try to get away with a, a defensive hold. Um, sometimes the official misses it. Sometimes yeah. it's past interference, but sometimes, you know, uh... sometimes you do it. And that's why I always am really reluctant to use the C word cheating. Cause I don't like you. I, I don't necessarily feel like it's, well, it is cheating. Some, it's definitely cheating. When you, when you make a, when you make a part, <laughs> you make a part in your shop. Like, it's pretty, ingen- I don't know. It's, it's a lot of ingenuity. Like I'm going to tip my hat to that. Like, I don't know. I it's, mean, it, no, I get it. It's still I cheating mean, though. It's cheating, definitely cheating. I don't know. Like, I mean, in my head. I've always associated like cheating with you mess with the tires, you mess with the engine, you mess with the fuel. Like Jordan, they made a counter. They made their own part. You're supposed to, you're not even supposed to modify the parts you buy. They completely made their own part. Hey, I I respect it, man. I respect it. (laughs) I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that that is cheating. I'm sorry. Right. I mean, yes, yes, you are right. You're fundamentally right. I just, I feel like it has that such a negative connotation though. And it's like, part of me though is like, man, that's, that's, like you said, tip their cap to them. That's pretty damn good that you thought about doing this. <laughs> I mean, again, even if you didn't see the parts side by side, well, at least to my eye, like once yeah. they put them side by side and you see that there's a different pattern on it, for instance. But if you were just looking at that, I mean, and and until the guy, until Brad Moran put uh, the, the actual like little template thing into it and you could see it didn't fit, um, you know, you're like, I mean, to, to shorten up just that little amount, I'm sure um has something to do with with making more downforce or redirecting the airflow or whatever it's supposed to do 
Um, although Kyle Busch said uh, that he wished that NASCAR had a what an idiot award because he thought <laughs> that the um, the amount that they would have gained by that, he said it blows my mind why they would do that for that area. Um, you know, but hey, look. I, but I said you could say that about a lot of these. I mean, honestly, a lot of these penalties, you feel like that. Like you're like, is the gain worth the is the risk worth the reward? You know, and it's. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. I, I, when it comes to the technical stuff, I, I look. Try the to odds are the odds are that you're not going to get pulled for inspection. Yeah. I mean, it's not like winning the lottery or something. But I mean, if they're only taking two back a week, um, you know, you've you've got a pretty good chance that you're not going to go back to the R and D center. They and, didn't pull any cars, by the way, to the R and D center this week. So, oh, well, got to give everybody an off week. <laughs> no but hey, also never rest jeff cheating also never on rest. a road course it's not as quite of a, a thing probably right but um anyway but yes wait, we say that now and wait for somebody like there's gonna be the next big scandal it's gonna be like some team has found an edge on the road course <laughs> yeah i'm not too worried about i think road courses are a little bit different you know I but, agree. I agree. um yeah fascinating stuff though i i really do think and and also just real quick not to go down too far a rabbit hole but uh, it, just in terms of the transparency, um, we did have a, a safety briefing with NASCAR this week. They filled us in on what they've done um, after the Larson Priest Talladega wreck, where you know Priest had an intrusion into Larson's car and really bent the door bars. NASCAR is, you know, they they've made some uh, improvements. Number one, to, to strengthen the door bars, of course, and and put sort of a steel plate on that side. But also, they're letting the teams cut these slots into the frame rail. And that mm -hmm. will make it more crushable, bendable, mm -hmm. uh, in a way. I think that that and 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 what what I liked about the transparency on that part of it was they they showed us and they even put it on social media. I think on their channels too. Yeah. They showed us like the crash test. They showed us the in car view of okay, here's what happens when this car does this at this same impact speed, and you could see oh well, it made a difference. Oh well, it crushed more. It seemed like so. Um, yeah, I just uh, uh, Jordan, you're you're distracting me with your facial expressions about I'm sorry. Oregon. I'm sorry. Oregon is just you know people can this. see you, right? People that I'm watch sorry. this. I'm sorry. Oregon's just throwing away their chance at the College World Series, and it's very irritating, and I'm I'm very angry right now. I agree with everything you said. What what irritates you more, Oregon losing or children uh, or Christmas? Uh, um, uh, right now Oregon losing because this is an absolute. They blew the game last night in the ninth inning, and it was atrocious. Okay, nobody time. cares. Anyway, okay. <laughs> I can go on a rant. I like it's, it's very upsetting. Anyway, I agree. Like the, the videos and everything that NASCAR had was was great because it was it was very educational on what they're doing and how this is going to work. Now, the question I have though is they're allowing teams to modify the next gen car, which is the yeah. first time they've allowed to do that, and that to me is a slippery slope. It is, but would you rather? play in that area and have to work in that area or, you know, get drivers. No, no. I mean, if it's, it comes so. down to safety, it's, I, yeah. I, I hold, I mean, safety is paramount. I mean, a hundred percent. I, I, yeah, but we just got done talking about teams and, and uh, this sounds bad, but if you give a team an inch, they're going to try to take a mile. Like, Oh, you sure. Know? No, no doubt. And I mean, so, but they're, they're going to have to be very diligent in that area and, and I, we'll see what happens when some team, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. Oh. But yeah, I, well, I bet you, yeah. I bet you, NASCAR will react even less kindly if sure. they're saying, they "Okay, should. yeah." I mean, even Brad Moran the other day, when when they're showing us the party, said, "Look, we think what we did 
to the 14 car was essentially the biggest penalty in NASCAR history. And yet this was the low end of what we could do. We have yeah. other penalty options as listed in the rule book. We can go higher and right. we're going to probably next time. So, and they have to, yeah. If that doesn't get your attention, uh, you still want to try to play in that area. Um, it's but again, it's just what we talked about though. It's risk versus reward. If you've got, if you feel like you can get an edge, you're, you're going to be interested. And the other thing about this as well, it's hard not to think back to last fall when all of this talk about bumpers and how many crew chiefs and people in the industry did we talk to Jeff on the team side. And they all said the same thing. If you gave us, a, if you let us fix this issue, we could fix this issue really quickly. Right. I remember Greg Ives was saying that at Talladega last year. I talked to other crew chiefs. I, you had the same conversations. Like they all said, like, essentially we know what the problem is. We can fix this. We just can't fix it because our hands are tied. It's like, why now? Why not then? And so and now if this is how it's going to be going forward, that's great because safety is first and foremost what, what's most important. But it's just it's just an interesting it's an interesting change because this is a very much a different uh, direction than what we had seen just a few months ago. Yeah. Um, another thing I want to talk about um, was I had a chance to chat with both Austin Dillon and Austin Sindrick. Um, you know, we had pretty much outright dismissed uh very we like totally glossed over it on last week's podcast because we're like that wasn't anything um but you know afterwards it, dylan i mean he's at, at gateway i mean he was really passionate about it and like no he needs to be suspended um and then you had some of the other podcasts um you know i think dbc and and denny's podcast they're talking about no i think Cindric actually might have hooked him on purpose. And, and so what's NASCAR going to do here? Ultimately they come out and say, no, we didn't do that. So, um, Austin Dillon says, Hey, look, you know, we, we had a really good conversation, uh, like adults 15 to 20 minutes. However, we agreed to, to disagree. Um, I, I think he did turn me on purpose and, you know, Cindric, uh, you know, I, I have more quotes that I'm going to write on the athletic and, and top five, but essentially he was like, I came out to defend myself because, you know, he, he put the data out as, as Denny had done. Um, and he said, look, I, I, I think that it, people assumed that because we were having battles on the track and we were mad at each other, that that incident, I did it on purpose. Um, where he was viewing it more as like, I'm going to race somebody really hard because we've had battles and we'd clashed on the track earlier in that race, but I did not turn him on purpose. And he, he said he felt like he needed to come out and set the record straight on on his character because people were questioning his character and his judgment. And he said, "I know my intent. And when you're if you're questioning that I did that on purpose, that's questioning my character. And I, I did not do that on purpose. And I wanted people to know that. So he he was pretty strong about it. Dylan, so those didn't believe him, but said, "I'm not going to take revenge on him. But I think karma is going to come back around, kind of thing. When people do stuff like that, so." Um, that was interesting, but I think NASCAR ultimately made the right call by not penalizing because I just didn't see that as the same as the the Chase Elliott incident. Personally. No, I mean I said the same thing last week, and I stand by it. Like I, to me, I, I saw that incident, and I didn't see anything there that was deliberate. And there's a difference between hard racing and being aggressive and deliberately hooking someone and turning them into uh, the wall. And I didn't see that in that incident. And anything that everything that's come out since has only reinforced that belief. Yeah. Um, well, we've got the uh, one-off week coming up here, Jordan. So, um, you know, this is the only one of the season. I'm sure we can talk a lot about whether there should be more, but the bottom line is this is it. 
Um, so it is kind of interesting to talk to drivers about whether they're going to disconnect. Some are feeling like, yes, um, we're going to get away. Some are feeling like I can't we got Chicago coming up, you know, Nashville got a study. Um, obviously I'm going to disconnect. I know you're not. So, um, <laughs> we're, we're splitting just like so, sort of some of the drivers are, but, uh, what do you think about this being the only off weekend? I, this is the unpopular opinion, but I don't mind it. Like, oh, what a surprise! The guy who is addicted to work and that's all he does doesn't mind. Uh, there only well, being one. I off mean, week. I guess, I guess my my perspective is this: the schedule is thirty eight races, thirty six points races, two exhibitions. You you have you can't start the season really any earlier because NFL is going on in the playoffs and everything. Plus, by the way, you don't have a lot of tracks you can race at it in January and February, so. What do you, you can't really do anything there, and then on the back end, you you, you can't you, you really can't do much, and you're not going to shorten the schedule. Like you you, you cannot when you're up for TV negotiations, your TV TV wants more. Uh, they want more uh, entities, there, right? They want more. Uh, they want more games. They want more races. They don't want less, and so you're not going to shrink your schedule because therefore you'd have to take less money. So you've got this 38 race schedule that can't be spread out any differently. So how are you going to have more off weeks built in? And now you could have the conversation say, Hey, maybe in the summertime, maybe if we're going to race at North Wilkesboro next year, and we're going to have a race at Martinsville uh, during the regular season, why not do those on a Wednesday night or a Thursday night? They're in the Charlotte area. It's easy for the teams, you know, and then you could have a built in off week that way. Right. And that, that's a conversation I think is worth having, but NASCAR's tried the midweek thing and the COVID thing, and they didn't, they didn't like the results. The TV ratings weren't what they thought. Now I think it's something they need to explore. So I just don't, I guess my, my stance is I don't see a realistic way you can have more off weeks. So having the conversation is just like what, you know, it ain't going to change, you know, it is what it is. Well, you could lengthen Remember the season used to end the week before Thanksgiving, you know, the Sunday you before Thanksgiving. So you could add, you could go a couple weeks further into November as but they used to do. But you got to remember that too. You got to be racing at Martinsville. You know, I mean that that second to last race of the year at Martinsville, the playoff race is phenomenal. I wouldn't change that for the world. That is like everything you want it to be. It yeah. gets it's pretty freaking cold there. Like it no, I get it. Know? I get it. And so, like, I mean, I get, I, I, I hear that, and that's that's an option, absolutely. But you're starting to you're running out of good viable tracks of where you can do that, and I just I don't know. I mean, is it worth having an extra week? I I I understand the it sucks for crew guys, it sucks for the teams, it, it, the industry. I get all that, but I just don't see a realistic way that makes sense. This was the end of the NASCAR on Fox portion of the season. Um, one thing they did as part of that was they had Steve Phelps on their pre-race show, and I don't know if you caught this, but they asked him about racing on Easter. And he was very strong about, Hey, like, um, you know, if the NFL can play on Thanksgiving, if, if NBA can play on Christmas, we think that we can have, um, mm-hmm. Easter racing as a viable date. And he immediately said, now, does that mean racing on dirt or racing at Bristol? Um, I'm not so sure kind of thing. So They're he immediately, yeah. he, yeah, he, he was very strong on like, we're going to keep racing on Easter and then yeah. very not strong at all on, whether it will be the Bristol, Bristol dirt dirt's race. not happening. Like, I, I mean, I'm, I'll, I'm, I'm pretty confident from the conversation I've had. Like, I, they, Bristol dirt is not happening next year. I would be very shocked if it happens. And if Bristol dirt does happen, 
the it will not happen on Easter weekend next year. I will tell you that right now. This is going to make Reddit. That's fine. But it's, I mean, I'm, right. I'm out, I'll stand by my reporting. Like, I mean, okay. I feel like I feel pretty confident in what I'm saying. Like, conversations I've had, like, I'm pretty confident that Bristol's not going to have the Easter race next year. And I don't think it's going to be dirt. So my rapping career is over. <laughs> that actually, that I swear to you, I when I had this conversation with folks, that actually got brought up by multiple people. <laughs> like, I kid you not. Because it was like, oh my God. Damn it. Jeff's not going to rap anymore. We're not going to have an opportunity to do a rap. There will still be uh, things that make me mad enough, I'm sure, to. And so, yeah, I hope so. I actually think I said I didn't. I won't mention the track that we mentioned that maybe you could rap at because I don't want to, you know. But um, yeah, I just, I don't see it happening. Like, from the conversation I've had, I just, I don't think that's going to happen. And I agree with Phelps. I I wrote about this, and I don't know how you, how, how, where you are on this. I believe that NASCAR should race on Easter. I, I I get it. It makes sense to me. And I, and I to me, I I'm sorry that other people don't feel that way, but to me, it makes from a business sense, it makes it, 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 I'm all in on it. Speaking of schedule stuff, um, I just blanked last week about talking about this. I I, I wanted to ask you because I haven't even talked to you about it. Um, what did you think about Phoenix getting extended as the championship race again next year? Yeah, it makes sense and when we it goes back to what we just talked about which is when you look at the schedule where viably can you host the nascar championship in november right like realistically and by the way nascar owns the date like they're not like it's a nascar hosted track nascar is not going to likely going to give that date to a speedway motorsports track so that Mm -hmm. means you can rule out las vegas and texas thank god um, so when you start looking at realistic tracks, well, Fontana's, we don't know what's going on with Fontana. And so it really kind of comes down to Homestead and Phoenix and say what you will about the quality of racing at Phoenix. And you are a hundred percent right, but the fan support is there. They have sold out and they sell out in advance. And they're, so the demand is there and they poured a lot of money into that track and I just don't see why you would move it elsewhere. I, I love Homestead. I love it. It's great. But when you go to Miami, when we went to Miami, did it feel like NASCAR was in town? It didn't for me. Like, I don't remember walking through the airport and seeing signage for the NASCAR championship weekend. When you get off the plane in Phoenix, guess what you see and you're bombarded with? You know, signs at the NASCAR championships. There. It felt like a bigger deal in Phoenix. So I get it. It just makes sense. I don't agree with it, but it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, as much as I would like to sit here and go, my gosh, like take the championship race to some to a track that has great racing, you know, sure. again, like a homestead or heck, I mean, Martinsville, hell. Uh, I mean, I wish you could almost do like a Kansas or a Charlotte or oh, something yeah. at this point. But again, right, like November, eh, it's a tough sell. So, I mean, I, I think you laid it out well that your options are pretty limited. It's going to be still at a NASCAR on track. I would definitely not endorse having the championship at like a Daytona or something. That's ludicrous. So therefore, I mean, yeah, it's, I get why they want to do it. Maybe, maybe once if, if the Fontana short track ever comes into play and they say, okay, this is going to be somewhere we can run, but yeah, I mean, it's just sort of like, I guess I wasn't surprised. Right. I mean, I mean, it just, it it makes sense. I mean, whether you agree with it or not, when you step back and you you take your personal feelings out of it, from a logical perspective, it just, it makes sense. 
Jordan, what else are we missing uh, before we uh, go dark here for the, here for the off week? Oh, you got uh, your list. I got my list. Let's, I come prepared, Jeff. Um, I, we kind of mentioned it earlier, but I felt like this, you know, going AJ Allmendinger on road courses, we all expect him to be a contender, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we, I, I personally had him in my playoffs this year because I had him winning one of the five regular season road we course races. Did. We both did. Yeah. We both did. Oh, for two. Um, and also not, not, not like he had a good day. I mean, he had a really good day, ran in the top 10 all day, but that's not gonna, you gotta win. And yeah, he said, so, we, we talked to him afterwards. He said he thought they were maybe like a fifth to seventh place car. Yeah. And that's and, great. You know, they, but you gotta win. Yeah. They're just, their, their cars are not, I mean, maybe you could do something on Chicago street course or something. Um, sure. you know, and a he's different never type of track. Sonoma. But, Sonoma's never been his best. I mean, I know he's a road course racer and he's led a lot yeah. last year, but in terms of actually being in contention for wins, like he's never really done that at Sonoma. So, Watkins Glen has always been his bread and butter. So mm-hmm. in other places as well. So uh, there's three races left, but you're over two and it's just, you start knocking those down and you know, that's got one guy that we thought was giving the playoffs that right now it doesn't look like he's going to get there. So that was on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, talked about Chase Elliott, talked about Henry, Chris Busher, another good run, just quietly, yep. just that organization just keeps doing the things that they need to do. And it's really impressive. Like, He's a pretty good little road course racer, huh? Great, good road course, good everywhere though, man. Like he's he's a really good driver. Like just goes about his business, gets whatever that car is that week, does it, and just puts himself in position. And like that's impressive to me. So, you know, Chris Buescher, eleventh in points, uh, in points. Brad Kozlowski, twelfth in points. So, I mean, they're right now they're in position to have both their cars make the playoffs. So, I mean, that's they're not winning, but. They're, they're certainly doing I, a lot better. They're they're they made a huge leap from where they were last year. Really, I mean, you could see it last year when they won at Bristol. Brad and Chris were both very both one of those guys was going to win Bristol last year, and it was Chris that did it. Brad broke. Um, they just they've made they've made a lot of improvements, and so it was impressive. And the last thing on my list, and I don't even know if you want to talk about it, is the Garage Fifty Six program. You got anything you want to say to that? No, I mean it was. Uh, I, I think that the fact that it was so well received in Europe. Um, you know, it, it, from all the stuff that I saw, I mean, it seemed like the European fans were like really about it and excited to see a big, loud American stock car going around as part of that. Um, you know, like they, they finished the race. Um, you know, they had one small mechanical thing that took them out for a little bit, but you know, they didn't crash. They finished, um, they were faster than a lot of cars in, in sort of the class that they were most similar to. Um, and I think it got a lot of people excited. Maybe it's sort of a bridge to, you know, further NASCAR development in Europe. I, I don't know, but um, it, it seemed like a smashing success from from yeah. afar. Obviously, I, I'm I'm obviously not a sports car guy, but it just seemed like that it was very well received, at least from from what I could see. So. Yeah. I think it's an unabashed success and it, it, the kudos to all involved. I think it was a great thing. And, but I, I'm trying to look at this from the bigger long-term perspective. And it's like, okay, what, what needs to happen for this not to be just a vanity project, right? Not, not a one-off. What can, what needs to happen so you can look at this and say, Hey, from all of the money and time and energy that we spent on this, here's what came out of it. And I don't know, it'll be interesting to see what's next. I mean, a conversation I had with some people throughout the weekend and, you know, do you, do you see like a next gen class at the Rolex 24? I mean, is that, is that far fetched? Um, to the people I've talked to, it doesn't seem like it. And it could maybe, maybe you kind of integrate NASCAR a little bit and you have a you kind of 
make that a bigger deal and kind of a soft open for the NASCAR season in some respect. I don't know. It is interesting. And, you know, we, we talk a lot about NASCAR and, and what they're going to do in terms of schedules and where they're going to race. And they're looking at different places and obviously they want to go to Europe and maybe this is the bridge they needed to, to kind of get over there. And they kind of build up some enthusiasm to go to a promoter and say, Hey, listen, there's a response to what we, our product. We imagine if we can bring 36 of these cars over, we can put on a show. Maybe that's the, the impetus you need to kind of uh, to put something on over there. So I'm curious to see what comes from this. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the idea you mentioned, I mean, um, I, I was co-hosting on Sirius uh, on Saturday with Brad Gilly from PRN and, and Sirius. Love and, Brad. and he was, I get, this is an idea that he's been sort of pushing out there about, yeah. he's, he said he's been saying for a while now, NASCAR should have um, a cup car class in the Rolex yeah. and you should, it, it wouldn't be mandatory, but you could have like, okay, here's Stuart Haas racing's four drivers. They're sure. going to run the Stuart Haas car for the 24 hours. Here's Hendrick's drivers. Here's, you know, you'd have to have some teams team up, you know, like track house only That's has two cool. drivers or whatever, but here's Gibbs, you know, whatever. And, and yeah, I mean, that could be very interesting as, as well as that car ran. And, and I would hope too, that they are able to learn more. Um, it sounds like they, they learned more in the development of the, the garage 56 car Louvers. that can help louvers. Well, yeah, it's, I mean, there you go. So, um, <laughs> Now, again, this car might already be too good on road courses. I don't know if you want to make it better on road courses or not, but, um, anyway, so yeah, I, I would be, uh, again, I, I think that'd be a great way to generate some interest sports car wise, you know, the crossover, but I don't know what the, what the priority is there. Obviously Jim France loves his sports cars. So there's that too, that can't be ignored. And yeah. so that's why you, you kind of look at this and you say, Hey, maybe this is an avenue to, to do something of that nature. So we'll see. That's all I had on my list. All right. Well, what are you going to do without me for the uh, for the off week? <clears throat> well, honestly, if Oregon wins this game, I may be going to Omaha for the College World Series. Wait a minute. You just told us that they are blowing it and they lost and well, you were so sad. They, and... They're losing four runs, but now they're they're starting to rally. So who knows? Okay. So, but if well, they win, I may be going to Omaha for the so World So you Series. might need to take vacation too. That would be great. I, would, I, would, I think it would be great for you to take vacation. You should take <laughs> vacation. That, that's what mm. you should do, Jordan. People need vacations at times. Yeah. Well, uh, well, we'll obviously not have an episode next week um, unless Jordan's going to do one by himself. So, um, I mean, you can talk to yourself if you want. No one would listen. I won't be around to post it, but. No one will listen. That's not true. People love you, Jordan. No. Um, they don't. They love you, apparently. Well, the people that come up to the tweet ups and say, yeah, they're, <laughs> they, they side more with me. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, I get that all the time, Jordan. Yeah. It's just how it goes. You wonder why I have self-confidence issues. Oh, pff, oh, please. Anyway, um, all right. Well, you'll be at Nashville Super Speedway. I will be. So we will be talking to you with a Sunday night race for NBC. <laughs> I think it's like a 5 o'clock start time, so yeah. Oh, okay. Because it was real hot there the first year or whatever, right? Wasn't yeah, it? and then last year we had the rain. It had the, we had like a halfway break, like a 90-minute, two-hour rain delay. Wow, I see. And we did the pod. I think we did the podcast at like midnight last year. <laughs> Well, I'm, I still got the mountain time working for me in, in, in my pocket. So, but right. then after Nashville, of course, Chicago, Chicago street race, will be together on site. Uh, boy, that's going to be a crazy one to talk about. Who knows what we'll be talking about then. <sighs> so, uh, um, yeah. So, uh, don't worry. We, we will be back with you shortly. 
uh, after a little one week break here. But as always, thanks for listening to us in the first half of this season here. The first part of this, uh, we've enjoyed all the interaction with you guys, talking to you guys. And uh, it's, you know, I think probably the number one thing we both look forward to every week. So Amen. thanks to all of you. Love it. And uh, we'll be back with you soon. Until then, thanks everybody for listening. We'll talk whoa, to you next whoa, time. Whoa, what? Whoa. Oh, the good race poll. Gosh, I was almost away getting away with it. All right. Why did you want to get away with it? Like, why? This is fun. Did you not see our performance last week? Yeah, so I gauged my – you you left me a way to do it. (laughs) Oh, wait, you're blaming it on me? We both blew it so bad last week at Gateway. I understand we did it, but but the way you guessed, as long as I I hedge on the the plus side, I'm going to win. And so, well, you I did win, but we both guessed in the thirties. <laughs> I can't leave too much of a gap, though, because if I leave too much of a gap, then you could possibly win. Oh, we should, we should go back to the thing that we did at North Wilkesboro, then, where we just show the number. That's that's. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, then I, I don't want I, I don't want to be blamed for your terrible guesses. No, I mean, I'll own it. I mean, it was my guess, but I mean, we also have to realize, like, our guesses. Though, okay, well then, type are, write your guess down. Write your guess down. Oh my God, we're really for, doing this. Well. Yeah, How is you're, it that you're we blaming the rules me after I win, huh? Why is it we always change the rules after Here, I, I win? I have it on my phone. I just put it in my phone note thing. We'll turn around to the screen at the same time. This is ridiculous. We, you just blame me for your terrible guess, which I had an even I worse guess. It's for it's Gateway. Amazing. We both blew it. It's I'm embarrassing. Not we didn't blow it, but did again, you not see not... all the people saying, "Boy, you guys really miss it. Okay. You guys completely again, whiffed." I am telling you, I hear what you're saying. I uh-huh. understand it was a bad guess. Yeah. But it's all it's also trying to win the game versus what you actually think on the race. Now I didn't think the race was that great. I didn't think it was the worst ever. But it's you know, you also have to look at the, the numbers and say, Okay, if Jeff is gonna guess this, I've got a box here I can play with. Okay. Good lord. Well, I have my guess. Are you ready? Yeah, I gotta write down my stupid number. This is just It's two digits. Well, I assume it's, it's a lot digits. of work, okay? Okay. You just change the you right. change the goalposts all Are you the ready? Time. One yeah, let's go. Two, three. Oh crap! Wow. Well, I had, I had an Uber Eats thing pop up and covered my <laughs> an Uber Eats advertisement. Uh, mine says, "Can you see this?" No, you keep it says. Well, is it bent backwards? Thirty five, and you said sixty two. No, no. So hang on, hang on, hang. On. What? Do I have first? Hang on. Do I have first guess this week or second guess this week? It's same time guess. That's the whole point. No, 35, like I normally, just took your guess we from last normal, week. If we did the normal rules, because I won, I'd be first, right? Okay. Okay, no, we're fine then. That's fine. You guess what you got. That's fair. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. Well, I was going to be like, so you could do to me what I did to you last week, so this is fine. You're so right. I'll it. say 60 then. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm sticking with 35. 35. You're saying 62. Why do you think it was six? You think more than half the people are going to think this was a good race, this Sonoma race? Really? I I I I I have come away from the last few I don't know, for the last little bit. Like I my perception of what I think things how I think races are gonna be perceived is a little bit different than what they are being perceived. Last week a perfect example. And so I I tend to you know kind of heed the, the moment thing, right? And you kinda of go a little bit lower and then when you I mean, honestly when you when you gave out your number last week, I was like, Oh, you know what? I'm not too far off here. You know, maybe this is the line of thinking. And so I'm just trying to be a little bit more in your, yeah. Okay. You're, I'm going to get, I'm going to lose again this week. Cause I'm, yeah, I'm overthinking it. 
yeah, I don't I don't know what you're doing there, but I'll take the I'll take the W. I think I'm going to get a, a easy W here. Thing. So I hate this game. I hate this. Poll. You're winning by like 50 or something. Why Why yeah. did you hate Doesn't a game? Doesn't mean I have to like it. Doesn't mean okay. I have to like it. All right. Anyway, everybody, I'm really going now. Everybody, thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you next time on the Teardown. See you, everybody. <laughs>